choice you know now that i think about it samantha to, to kick the show off with that because the sun did not come out today at least not for very long for a lot of people in this country <laughs> it's been it's been really wet like the entire south like i don't know what it's been like in new york but everything south of the mason dix line has just been waterlogged yeah you guys are getting like really bad storms well i think they're coming here eventually i don't know it was fine here but you know two days ago was boring so who knows i'm waiting on the uh i'm waiting on the rain delays out in omaha oh that's yeah that's yeah that's what i'm waiting on um Anyway, we, we are Lollygagging Sports. I'm Bo Reed along with Samantha Button, as always. Now, we don't have Irby tonight. We're down to Lollygagger, Samantha. So uh, we're going to have to just, you know, go through. But I, I guess it's also, you know, we get, a, we get a week off from Armchair Umpire. So uh, we don't have to really worry about our brains just imploding because of, of Irby's latest obscure rule <laughs> that he just wants to <laughs> colorfully tell us about. <laughs> This is why I feel like normally like it doesn't make me nervous to record a podcast, but sometimes I get nervous right before armchair umpire because there's pressure on us. Like we have to get this right last week. We got it wrong. So maybe it's good. that It's like when you have an off day and you're like on a losing streak and you're like, all right, let's reset. So yeah, and, it's good for us to have an off week. And the thing is, like, it's not predictable. Like, like you would like Irby is predictable in so many different areas, but not this one. So like, mm-hmm. like you never know. What, what, like, come on, like like the like the one where the ball like, was somehow bounced into the back pocket of the of the batter. <laughs> I mean, I mean, where does he find these things? <laughs> I or the one that got or the one where the ball got stuck on the top of the wall and nobody could reach it, and yes. then the guy threw the glove at it, and it's like, <laughs> oh, my brain is exploding just thinking about that. I don't even remember how that one turned out. I'm pretty sure we got it wrong. We did get it wrong, I, but I. I but oh, I also don't remember what the result was. <laughs> Which is bad, because at the time I remember thinking, well, I'm never going to forget that. Uh, oops. And now I have. Oops, so. oops, oops. Well, uh, all right, well, let's kick it off tonight with something that is incredibly predictable. Because uh, we see this every single season, and every single season people bitch about it. Uh, I think Keith Law is one of the bitches more than anybody about it. But the pitch counts... In Omaha, and, and not even just Omaha, like we're talking regional, super regionals, and college baseball as a whole. Is, is, is it possible that not a single coach in college baseball knows how to properly run a staff, a pitching staff? Is that possible? You, you had the kid from Stanford through 156 pitches in the super <laughs> regionals. You, you, you had uh, the, the kid from LSU. Everyone has tabbed as either number one or number two overall pick in, in a couple of weeks. He throws 123, I think. And at every inning, he was in the hundreds, which you look at his motion. It's not, there's nothing really alarming about it. He's not throwing from his elbow like a lot of these college pitchers are. But we have a problem in the game right now with elbow injuries. They are up. And people are there's all kinds of different reasons for it. But how about you go take a look at these college players 
and see what they're doing in college. Like, like the arm isn't different in college, guys. In fact, it's younger. So it could potentially be even more dangerous for the younger players as opposed to your veterans. Yeah, you're right. And that's, I think, one of the most concerning parts of this. And I know I mean, there's a lot of nuance to this. Like, I, I've heard the argument. Let, let's throw out one argument that I do not agree with first, which is the one that, well, people get hurt in the majors and the pitch counts don't run that high. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, and then they would be more hurt if the pitch counts did run that high. Like, you can't pretend like, oh, well, this would solve injuries. Like, that's a ridiculous argument to make. If people ran off the pitch counts that high in the majors, you would have more injuries. It doesn't mean you don't have injuries from other things. It means you're basically guaranteed to blow out your arm if you do this consistently. <laughs> so, like, right. that's an absurd argument to make. So let's throw that one out. So I guess to me the problem is, is that, like, this is subjective, like, by situation, by player. So not that 156 pitches, like, I'm sorry, but that's just never that's never okay. That's absurd. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way that should ever happen. Yeah. But if we're talking about these guys who are running to, like, 110 consistently, let's let's talk about that. The people who are repeatedly throwing 100 to 110 pitches in, in college playoff games. So I think that there's a situation where this is totally fine, and there's a situation where it's totally not fine. Like, if you're not going to be a major league player, like, you're either not going to get drafted, or if you do get drafted, you're going to be one of those guys who's basically just there to fill out an A-ball roster, and then you're going to wash out, then then the College World Series or the college baseball playoffs is probably going to be your crowning glory, right? Right. So, like, Mm -hmm. if this is your last chance, and, and there are some coaches where this is what they're doing, like, it's like a leave it all on the field thing. I think that's fine because it's not like you're saying like, well, smash your head in the spice and we'll see how you do. I mean, it's an arm, right? Like you can lead a totally normal life. Even if you blow your arm out in your last opportunity to pitch in a college game, like it's absolutely what like I would do if it were me, like I'm not a professional athlete. I have no chance to be a professional athlete. So if I can go out on top, I'm going to leave it all for me. It would have been on the track in college. And I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. Where I have a problem with this is I understand that college coaches' jobs are to win college games, but I also think you have some responsibility to recognize that if a kid has a shot to be a professional baseball player in any capacity, then it is your job not to blow out his arm in order to advance in the college baseball playoffs. It's irresponsible. And they're kids. They're kids. You know, they can't say no. Right. Like, yeah. there's, so I, I just think, you know, the LSU kid comes to mind. And, and like you said, you know, his motion is not particularly concerning. But, you know, he's throwing 100. And you and I have talked a lot about this, about the stress of throwing hard on the arm. It's really different. It's not like a, you know, if you have a, like a knuckleballer out there throwing 100 pitches, like, all right, I'll hear your argument for that. You know, some Jamie Moyer type who's throwing 85 and is relying mostly on location. You know, the, the strain on the arm is not going to be nearly as severe. But there's some fireballer out there throwing 100 pitches, repeatedly hitting over 100 miles an hour, and that kid has a real future in Major League Baseball. Yes, and he does. F up his arm. Like, yeah. Well, don't you think what, what it's actually going to take is one of these kids who is a top prospect, who is right he's penciled in to be number one, number two, number three, even, even top ten. We'll just say top ten. Right. It's, it's going to take one of them blowing out their arm because they threw 156 pitches in the Carl's World Series to then turn around and sue the program for jeopardizing their draft status. 
That's where that. That's the only thing that's going to change this because shaming him's not going to do it, and yelling yelling at it from the Raptors isn't going to do it. But one of these guys blows his arm out in Omaha, and all of a sudden goes from number two overall to the twelfth round, right? Like that's that's something that that could actually change the sport. Yeah, you know, I've never thought about that, but you're probably right. Like, because, like, the thing I was going to toss to you, and I, I'm curious about your opinion on this, although I don't think even this would change anything, is, like, if you are a general manager of a team that has a top 10 pick, would you hesitate to take a kid who had done that? I don't, I think I would hesitate, but I, I wouldn't necessarily not do it. I, I guess it depends, really. And that's why they're getting away with it, because I would have answered that question the same way, and I thought, and that's why they're going to be able to keep doing it. Because I, we're saying, well, I might take him anyway. I might take the chance. I mean, okay, okay let's, 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 look, let's talk about Kumar Rocker for a second. You know, mm-hmm. he gets drafted. The, the Mets pass on him. Um, he's got something with his shoulder. Rangers draft him the next year. Now he's going to have Tommy John, which last time I checked, Tommy John and the shoulder are not the same parts of the body, guys. So you can't sit here and say, oh. this is what the Mets saw. Yeah. No. Uh, but, obviously, the shoulder was a problem and his motion changed, which then made the elbow a problem. That, that's, that's, that, that's easy to put A and B together. But he gets, the, he gets the Tommy John surgery. He's still a top prospect. He's still got the stuff. He's going to come back probably stronger and the Rangers are going to get to reap the benefits of it in two years. So when, right. you're, so when you're talking about drafting these guys... Baseball's the one sport where an injury, like, like like football, you know, they blow out their knee, that's a problem, right? Because football players are expected to start, especially these early draft picks, are expected to start the next season. Baseball, you've got a little bit more leeway. So if you do have a problem with an arm, you get it fixed, it, it, it delays their, their entry into your minor league system by a year and a half, but you still get the prospect. So I would hesitate, and it would depend, I think, on where I'm at as a general manager, where I'm at in the rebuild as to whether or not I would draft the player. If I'm at the beginning of a champion of, of a contending window and I'm looking more for guys that, that will come in at the tail end of that window, then yeah, absolutely. I'm drafting, I'm drafting a kid where they blow their arm out or not. Right. And I would too. And I think I would argue that that's why they're getting away with this because yeah. like, you know, you brought up football. It's like, we see what happens to kids that blow out a knee at the end of their final college season in football. They fall down the draft board mm-hmm. because you want that kid, especially if he's going to be a first or a second round pick, you expect him to start in his rookie season. That's Baseball, right. you have this lag where you can say, hey, I can wait two years for this kid to have surgery and rehab his arm, and I can still get something out of him. The problem is is that that kind of damage is going to take time off the back end of his career. Yeah. But – if major league teams don't care about that because they're figuring I can get enough value out of this kid, then they don't lean on the college programs to stop doing this. So I think we're back to your original point, and I think you're right, is that until somebody sues a program, success I should say successfully sues a program, yes. <laughs> sues and wins a program, this is never going to change, mm. especially because NIL money doesn't factor very heavily into baseball for the most part, so the players don't have nearly as much leverage as they might in football or basketball. Right. Yeah. 
You know, and, and with baseball slotting system that some teams follow the rules and some teams don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of the Wild West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, let's switch gears. And uh, I wanted to, actually wanted to talk to you about this um, because I, I, it's, it's, come, it's, it's come out that you're not exactly the biggest Giants fan. Now... I'm just really curious because like, I've known you for a long time, and this is something that I didn't know, is that you're not a really a big Giants fan. Um, I mean, I I lost the World Series to the Giants, so that's why I'm not a big fan. But I'm curious, you would do a deep dive, maybe, maybe maybe try to figure out what's going on here between you and the Giants because it's something that I want to I, I want to explore a little bit. And we don't have, yeah, like, we don't have Irby on the show, so we got some time. Yeah, like, help me figure this out, because it's not like, you know, you have, you mentioned, I hate the Giants, and here's why, right? And and I have my teams like that, too, you know, and and maybe hate is a strong word. It's like, I don't know if I'd say hate, because do I hate the Giants the way that I hate the Astros or hate the Twins? Probably not. (laughs) But what's weird about it is, like, the Giants have never done anything to me, like, personally. Like, I've never been personally victimized by the Giants. Right? And they've never done anything other than, you know, not crazy about the whole harboring Gary Bonds after Yogi was cheating thing. But, like, you know, like, I'm not, like, holding, you know, every team that ever, like, had Roger Clemens on it responsible for him. And I consider them to be basically the same animal. So, I don't know why, like, because theoretically for me, like, you know, you have the teams that you really like. You know, draw out your favorite team. But, like, okay, I have other teams that I would say I actively like and root for. I I like the Rangers. I like the Red Sox. I like the Diamondbacks. Like, Mm -hmm. I even like the Reds a little bit. And then you have the teams that you kind of hate, Mm -hmm. right, at the other end of the spectrum. But then there's this whole, like, bunch of teams that are, like, fairly non-offensive to, like, you personally in the middle where you're like, yeah, I could take them or leave them. You know, like, Atlanta Braves, I could take them or leave them. Like, don't really like them, don't really hate them. I could find something that bugs me about them. I could find something I like about them. But mostly I just feel neutral about them. You know, Washington Nationals, like, there's loads of teams I would put on this list. And the Giants, theoretically, should sit in that category for me because there's no reason for me to like them particularly. But there's also no reason for me not to. So, like, what happened here? Well, like, uh, what, how did this happen, though? What's wrong with me? Well, and by the way, like, let me, let me throw one thing out there real quick just so we're clear about this. Giants fans, this has nothing to do with you. I have nothing against Giants fans. We're, we're not trying to run you off like we did with the Astros fans are to a less um, intentional degree than Packers fans. Um, but, yeah, no, I have no beef with Giants fans at all. So, if anything, you guys should be getting in my ear and telling me why I'm wrong about this. But, all right. All right. Well, let's, let me out. Let's, okay. So, all right. So, all right. Fellow lollygaggers, and you can, of course, reach out on Twitter. Maybe you have some ideas here. We're going to put Samantha on the couch. Uh, let's start to eliminate things. Um, is it there? Is it the fact that they won in the even years for like three straight even years, which was weird? Anything about you that? know? I don't think that bugs me. I, I think I find that sort of interesting and weird, but like I don't think that bothers me. Okay. All right. No, I don't think it's that. Is it is it the stadium because it's like right on the bay and it's got that that big big huge glove in, in the stands and left and left what left field left center field. Okay, so for the most part, I should like their ballpark. I, I considered that. I have been to that one. I consider it a nice yard. The glove, I don't like. I will say that much. We talked about this like two episodes ago or something. I don't like that glove. That glove bugs me. 
But I can't. So that might be a contributing factor. Although I, I don't think. I mean, I don't hate the Mets, and I hate, but I hate their stupid baseball thing. Uh-huh. You know, the yeah. Giant or the Apple or whatever. You know, so like that—that's possible that contributed to it, but I don't think it caused it. Okay, uh, let's get specific. Could it be Buster Posey and his and and him like his like involvement in 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 the new rules about charging the catcher? I mean, you know, that hasn't occurred to me, but that certainly didn't help. Like, maybe that that could also be a contributing factor. No. It's not even so much that I dislike Buster Posey; it's that I that rule. Like, I'm mad about that. So you're right; they are responsible for that rule. So that's something we can put in the bucket of <laughs> possible um, reasons for it. All right, so you already touched on Barry Bonds. There's no point in going down that road. Um, anything with, with like, you know, like, you know, their, their, their teams in the 80s, late 80s, they were always battling the A's for the World Series. Anything there? Anything old school? You know, at that point, like, I mean, we would have been really little kids then. I'm sure I was rooting for the A's. I'm positive. I would have loved the A's because they were like bad. You know, they mm-hmm. were like the fun ones. So it's possible that that slipped in somewhere, you know, like subconsciously that like as a small child, I was rooting against this team in the World Series and perhaps it colored my view of them going forward. And that's, that's possible. That's possible. You know, I'm, I was actually a fan of the A's growing up too because when I was in Little League, like I'm talking like, you know, barely out of T-ball, uh, I, it was it was the, it was the A's colors like we, we didn't ha- we didn't we didn't we weren't the teams like we weren't the Rangers or the Cubs or anything like that but we had the colors so oh, so, so we yeah. had the A's colors yeah so yeah so I've that's that's why even today like like that's the one West team that I don't have a problem with is the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> well, and let's let's throw a recent item in here because this is obviously not why I hate the Giants, but this does not help the matter. Um, everything that's happening with the A's right now. Speaking of. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember when the Giants were probably going to move, um, when there was the, the move on the table, they were thinking about going to Tampa Bay. The A's were very instrumental in helping to keep them in the Bay Area. And yet, now the roles are reversed, and the Giants have actually been complicit in helping to run the A's out of town. Ooh, you know so, what? I don't like that. That's Okay, that actually might be our winner. Like, like this... I mean, we got some circles, some 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 circumstantial evidence around other parts of this, but I think that might be the big problem here. Is they're 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 not necessarily like they're, they're kind of pushing the A's out, like like they don't want the A's here anymore, so they're kind of pushing them out the door. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the most valid reason. It's probably the only valid reason that I can come up with. Um, I mean, I, I suppose that that can't be the catalyst for this because I felt this way before this happened, but. It, you know, perhaps that was the thing that pushed me over the edge. Why I'm talking about this now when, you know, like you said, well, I didn't know this about you. I did. You know, and I'm like, maybe that's why I felt the need to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just quietly hating it by myself. Because otherwise, I, I have you, no you reason. But the bus proposed you will think about to me. Like, that's valid. And, and potentially the late 80s, you know, the stuff that sneaks into your brain as a child like there are definitely some football teams i have some like real bad feelings about uh-huh. from the late 80s i really hated the bills for a long time which is weird because now i am a bills fan but um <laughs> it was a big dan Mario guy back in the 80s and i hated the bills and i hated jim kelly and it took me a long time to get past that <laughs> cowboys fans never really had a problem with the bills they had a problem with us <laughs> we, we well yeah that one would work the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy! All right. Well, we 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 each have our our topics uh, that we want to talk about with baseball for the week. You want to kick us off? Yeah. All right. So let's let's go the other way now. Let's let's talk about something that I like. That's um, good. And yeah. I I would hope most people like. And and one of the things that I really like is the Arizona Diamondbacks. As you guys know, this is my adopted team, and unfortunately, they just played my Guardians and lost two or three to them. So tip of the cap. I was really impressed by what I saw. Feels really legit. I think the Diamondbacks are, are really real. But mostly what I wanted to talk about is Corbin Carroll, who we have obviously talked about on the show before. And I just want to talk about how, like, Corbin Carroll is, like, you know, like, we get all these, like, really exciting rookies, right? Last year it was Julio, and, and he was so fun and so charismatic and so different. And, you know, Ellie De La Cruz this year, and we're looking at this guy going, he's doing something I've never seen anybody do before, you know. But, like, Corbin Carroll is boring, He's boring in the best possible way. And I kind of love that about him. Like, this kid, like, looks like he was born to be a baseball player, right? He looks like a baseball player. Like, Corbin Carroll, like, that is the most baseball player name ever, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know, he's so, you know, he's, he's making an MVP case in his rookie year. He's not really a very flashy guy, you know. He's, he has enough personality, but not the kind of personality that takes over a team, I mean, you know, mom and dad dropped him off at the ballpark on the first day of the season, which is, like, adorable. So and like, <laughs> So you're like, wow, this guy's, like, really normal and boring, and I would kind of love it. Like, yeah. I mean, I love the guys who are flashy and exciting, too, but I also love a good old boring, like, this kid's just a solid, he's a baseball player, and he is just a baseball player. <laughs> you know, probably the best way I could sum him up, you could put him in any generation of ball player. There you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can put him in any generation of ball player, and this is the one guy that would never have to wear one in his ear, right? Because he's not going to do something that that pisses off the other team. Like he's not going to do. He's not going to show up the pitcher. He's not going <laughs> to. Hell, he, he <laughs> kind of makes you wonder if he's ever going to get tossed out of a game. But you know, with umpires these days, who knows, right? But yeah, it's and it's it, you know what it is. It's like I hate to I hate to say boring, but you're right. But I kind of hate to see it because it's got a negative, you know, connotation to it. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like boring in a good way. But like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like right, but yeah, he's a, he's a grinder. He's a gamer. All right, he's that yeah. dude. You know, and the Diamondbacks. You know, he's he's a big reason why they're doing what they're doing. So um, keep on being boring out there, Corbin, because. I'm digging it. I, that's my kind of baseball player. I like a I like a ball player that gets to the, that, that comes to the, comes to the field, does his job, talks to the media after the game, whether it went well or it went bad, and then goes home. That's baseball. That's a ball player to me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And like, don't you get the feeling that like you know you get these guys where they say, well, he's not really a fit here. You know, he might be a better fit somewhere else. You know, and you think about Corbin Carroll, and you're like, that guy would fit anywhere. He would fit on any team. He would fit on a team 50 years ago. He would probably fit on a team 50 years from now. Like, yeah. the guy was just born to be a part of the baseball landscape. And you could probably stick him anywhere, and we'd be saying the same thing. So, I think that's cool. I like it. I like, I'm trying to think of a better word than boring. Because you're <laughs> right. It's boring, you know, whether we say boring in a good way or not. That's a word that has negative it's, connotations. But, yeah. I don't know, what is it? Is it predictable? Is it, I mean, you know? Well... well, well there was like a, there was like a, it, it, it's not dirtbag because that that was that's also has a negative connotation to it. But there was something that old school ball players used to call guys like this. It was a very specific name 
And it involved dirt, but it wasn't dirt bag. Are you talking about like dirt in the shirt? Like dirt bag was Jason Kidman. That was his name. Uh, which is, I think, was was a positive. You know, the the point was your uniform is always right. dirty, right? Because you're always hustling and yeah, like dirt in the shirt guy. You know, which is like definitely that's definitely one of his attributes. I think you know he hustles. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Corbin Carroll, just 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 keep slugging away, kid. Yeah, <laughs> you'll love to see it. <laughs> All right, what else do you have here? All right, so I, I imagine everybody saw what happened last week with. Dave Martinez, who had a fairly entertaining manager meltdown um, involving a photo. And it got me thinking about, like, what are the best manager meltdowns that involved a prop? So I'm going to give you a list of some of my favorites. And then you tell me if there's any you want to add to that. And then tell me which which one was your favorite. Which one is the best? Because I'm thinking about, let's see. um, I mean, we have to start with. The King, Lou Pinella. Of course. Kicking the hat around, you know, <laughs> covering the plate up with dirt. Like, just absolutely brilliant at this. It's like psych gag almost. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Lloyd McClendon mm-hmm. removing the base from the field was outstanding. Um, gosh, there was that game. I, Bo, do you remember? Was it a Mexican League game? The one where the guy bought the trash can out and put yes. the trash can on I, the plate? Like, you, this is you, you are a garbage can. And this was pre trash cans, Astros trash cans, I don't, by the way. I, I don't Mexican know if, League game? I don't know if it was Mexican League. It was definitely one of the Latin leagues. But I don't know which yeah, one. Yeah, it might have been the Venezuelan winner ball. It was, yeah, it was definitely one of the Latin leagues, though. Um, yeah. But I don't remember which one. But I know the game you're talking about. Hilarious. Just, yeah. Just, so just put the trash can right on the plate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, those are my favorites. I mean, I, I think we have to give a nod to to one non-baseball incident that happened in football. I, I always want to point these out because football is, like, never funny in this way. But do you remember Bill Power stuffing that fax that had the picture? It was a fax at the time because it was so long ago. They had to use faxes. Mm-hmm. And he had that photo that proved there was 12 men on the field during that game between the this, Steelers yeah. and the Vikings. And he was so angry, he took the fax and shoved it down the referee's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was delightful. Oh, man. See, football can be fun sometimes. Okay. But, yeah, this is mostly a baseball thing. So, anyway, those are my best candidates. So, do you have any others? Well, and which one is your favorite? Uh... Oh, if, if that list, the uh, the Latin League trash can. The trash can one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, there was also that one. I think this was in the Braves minor league system where, where the manager just went absolutely berserk. And then was like like going diving head first, hand first, like he was sliding into second. And then tripped the bag off and it just, just starts yelling. I don't remember what he was arguing. But, I vaguely remember this. But, yeah, yeah, but like, like he just like just just very aggressively slid face first into the base, <laughs> kind, <laughs> kind, kind, kind of flopped into it, oh, so and then ripped that. Yeah, that's that one is is it comes to mind. Um, I can't really this off the top of my head. I can't I can't really think of anything better. But I still think the uh, I still think the trash can on the plate is, is your winner. I think 
That's okay, funny. yeah. See, I think it's either, yeah, I would say either that one or the, the Lloyd McClendon. I loved that, too. However, I mean, Lou Fidel gets the Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, of course. Right? For, yeah. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, no, those are, those are all excellent ones. So. Now, okay, yeah. you know, this, this wasn't like an ejection or a meltdown. This was, this was just, you know, this was just... Um, Tommy was sort of being funny, but when he when he when he went after the Philly fanatic, oh, <laughs> that's technically a prop because <laughs> because the fanatic had had the had the the stuffed Tommy Lasorda that Tommy Lasorda just ripped from him. <laughs> oh, that's right, and he like assaulted. It. That's yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. See, like to me, that was just like okay, Tommy Lasorda has no sense of humor, but it was funny. I don't think he meant it to be funny, but it was funny. Oh um, my god, it was hilarious. Jeez, man. Like, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that counts, though. We'll add that to the list. I think that, I think counts. that counts. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't seen it, just do a quick search. It's out there. Yeah, it's all over. It's, 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 it's on YouTube. I've watched it at least 100 times in the last year. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good, guys. It's worth seeing for sure. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right, so last thing, um, some sad news. You know, we talked about the reverse boycott last week and, and how incredibly proud we were of A's fans and also fans around the league for supporting them. And unfortunately, you know, we've since obviously gotten some bad news that it looks like, I don't want to say it's a done deal um, because it's not. The owners still have to vote. There are a million things that can go wrong here with the land deal and there's also where are they going to play in the meantime. You know, the stadium's not going to be built on time, but, but it looks like the A's are going to Vegas. So I think I, I kind of wanted to talk about some next steps that you could take mm-hmm. as an A's fan or just as a baseball fan, like mostly because I think the thing that we're all the most mad about now is the way Manfred handled this, right? He just stood there and he lied. He insulted those fans. Like it was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say it. It was disgusting. It was the way that he handled this. Like I was so embarrassed that the commissioner of the sport treated those fans this way. And sent the message to all baseball fans that you don't matter. And we will lie and lie and lie mm-hmm. about whatever is going on in order to get what we want. Yeah. And, I mean, what does Rob Manfred even want? You know, does he just want the A's in Vegas? Does he just want to side with the owners? Like, did he not like, and I suspect this is part of it, did he not like the fact that the A's fans, what they did it kind of made the owners look stupid, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, and the, you know, donating the money to charity and you realize these people have made $800,000 off of one game. It's like, Oh, that's a lot of money. So if you put a semi-competitive team out there, yeah, you'd have plenty of money. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Imagine hmm. That. So we thought we'd go through a couple of action items, just some ideas that we had. Um, the first of which is, this would be tough to organize, but this is like my dream thing that I will try to organize and probably fail because I am not as good at this as A's fans. But to me, it's like, I think that what should happen after the owner's vote is that if your team's owner, and this is not for A's fans, it's for everybody else. If your team's owner votes in favor of that move, don't show up to your next home game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Right like, there. make the point. It's not going to change the vote. It won't change whether they move. But I think that you can make a very powerful statement saying, hey, you're, we're not going to be ignored on this. And, and it's not just A's fans who don't like this. It's baseball fans. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I would love, love, love to see happen. And if, you're, if your owner votes against it, then you don't have to do that. Right? Like, exactly. <laughs> this is for anybody whose owner sides with these bozos. So there's that. Um, 
Also, I think that because realistically speaking, if Rob Manfred is lying about it right now, we all know that Oakland is a very viable market and with an owner that wasn't basically determined to move out of town and screw over the fan base that they could easily, easily put another major league team there. So if I were the city of Oakland and the state of California too, because they've gotten involved as well and they're a little bit more organized than this, the city of Oakland. So that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They've already shown themselves, I think to be better at this. It's a shame they didn't get involved sooner, but I would too do what the Browns did, do what, what, or I should say, do what Cleveland did when Art Modell moved the Browns, which is sue to make sure that you retain the history, the colors, and the team name. Make them start over as a new entity because the first thing that you're going to do is make a pitch to get the next expansion team. Vegas should have waited. They would have gotten an expansion team. Go to work the deal out here. So, Sue, keep your stuff. Make them start over with no fan base and no nothing. Mm-hmm. And also, keep the right to your stuff yeah. so that hopefully we can get an expansion team in there and then you can be the A's again. So I, I think that's probably really the most important thing. I mean, if nothing else, it's a good way to be. I mean, they're being petty, right? So be petty right back. Like, too bad. You don't get this uniform. You don't get this team history. Right. You have to start over. You have to be the yeah. Las Vegas, you know, piles of sand or whatever it's going to be. Um, <laughs> the Las Vegas poker chips or some other stupid <laughs> shit like that. So anyway. No, 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 no. It's the, La- it's the Las Vegas flush. Come on. Las Vegas flush. That sounds like a WNBA team. Exactly. That's the point. <laughs> so but, terrible. But no, I mean, I mean, come on. The A's have how many, how many championships do they have? I know they picked up a couple in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on, because are you counting, like, well, with the Phil- so Philadelphia, Kansas City. So, um, I'm actually just counting Oakland, because they also, they also had, I think they made a run in the 70s, too. I think you're right. So, okay, so let's see. So if we only count the Oakland ones, there would be one, two, three, four of them. That's 89, seven, well, they, they won three straight in the 70s, 72, 73, 74. Right. And then, of course, 1989, that's the one that we all remember. Um, and then, of course, when they were in Philadelphia, 1910, 1911, 1913, 1929, and 1930. So if we're counting those, there are nine of them. If we're not, if we're just counting Oakland, even there's four. Okay. Yeah, so that's four world championships that you're just moving to the desert. Uh-uh. Not on our watch. No. Not on Absolutely our, not. Not on our watch. No, thank you. No. Uh Absolutely, everyone out there in Oakland, get that lawsuit ready because you don't want them taking your, your history with you. Now we're going to get a team and get all the history back, and hopefully, hopefully, baseball gods willing, you'll get an owner that actually cares. Because Oh, I, for- I forgot. That's my last action item. Don't shop at Gap. Boycott the Gap. Oh yeah, boycott the gap. Which I, again, I still didn't realize the gap was still a thing. <laughs> I I brought this up in the meeting the other day, and both like there's still a gap. It's <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I think gap was very big when we were in like middle school. Yeah, middle like, school and high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't I don't even remember the last time I went to gap. Like yeah. I don't even know where. If you ask me where's the nearest gap, I would have no idea. But you know, since John Fisher's father did make his money um, by founding Gap, which, fun fact, when Gap was founded, all they sold was Levi's. 
<laughs> they were just a store that sold every size and, and color of Levi's. That's what Gap was originally. Wow. Um, so, I mean, yes. but, and I, the family does not own Gap anymore, to be clear. But uh, they do still, of course, profit from the money they made off of that. So, you know, if you just want to punish someone else, and, like, at this point, we're all being petty, right? So yeah. don't stop at Gap, which I'm sure is an easy action item because I doubt any of you have bought anything in Gap in the last 20 years. So, look, you can check that one off really easily. Haven't been to a Gap in a while? Keep not going. <laughs> just, just keep, just, just, just keep not going. Uh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, let's, let's move. Let's move on because I, I wanted to get your opinion because obviously I reside in the AO West and I've got my thoughts. Uh, but I, I'm curious what your thoughts were from your viewpoint uh, in the American League Central about the American League West because. You know, it, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks for the Rangers and the Astros. The Rangers finally had a cold spell with their bats. Uh, but the Astros did not pick up any ground, which is, I think, going to haunt them down the stretch. But the Angels did. The Angels came down. for They were they were at one point ten games back. And over the course of that week and a half, didn't didn't hurt that they, they took three out of four from the Rangers earlier <laughs> last week. But is this really a three-team race, or did the Angels just get hot for a second? And we're going to get we're going to readjust to the mean as we get into the deadline. I mean, I guess. Well, first of all, my initial thought about the ALS is that I'm glad I'm not in it um, <laughs> because I would be in fourth place if I was instead of two and a half games out of first because my division is the worst <laughs> and a total joke. So I would like to express my gratitude that I'm not in the ALS. Um, but I don't actually believe this is a three-team race. I really, truly don't. Um, I think that if Seattle was where the Angels are, I might buy it, Ah, but mm -hmm. I don't, but they're not. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I just don't buy this. Like, we've seen the Angels do this before, and the Angels, the track record is so bad on this team, so, so bad, where they cannot figure out a way to put a comp like a competent baseball team out there, despite having two of the best players in the league. I mean, I know Mike Trout is like bad right now, but you know, it's come on. It's Mike Trout. It's Mike Trout um, and yeah. Otani has been exceptional over the last couple of weeks. He's basically winning baseball games by himself. Mm-hmm. So like, and yet they're barely above the Astros who are reeling right now. They're well, this is, we're taping early this week, but they are, we'll, we'll just say they're significantly behind Texas as well. And they've been, they've been on a hot streak, right? Um, I think as of, we'll say as of Monday, they were seven and three in their last 10. And a lot of that was because they took three or four from the Rangers. Yeah. That means nothing to me because you're in the same division. You play each other all the team, all the time. The worst teams in the division, the weaker teams in the division will occasionally take a series from the better teams in the division. That's how baseball works. Yeah. You know, so I don't think that says anything about the Rangers and I don't think it says anything about the angels. And I'm sorry, I just don't believe it. Like I think Houston is going to get it together. I mean, I hope they don't. I I (laughs) would love it if they didn't. I would love it if they just continue to free fall and finish behind the A's. That's not realistic, but behind the Mariners, that'd be cool too. We could get into that. Um, Fourth place trash cans. That would be cool. Um, but it would be great for the Rangers because, like, I don't think the Angels are really a threat. Like, I mean, I know we have to technically talk about them as part of the wildcard race, but, like, also, like, do you really think the Angels can stay ahead of the Astros? No. And, like, multiple AL East 
teams? Like, yeah. are, are the Angels better than the Red Sox? I, I'm not sure that they are. And the no. Red Sox are in last place in these. So I'm not buying this. You know, and, and really, I, th- I think that this division is going to come down to which team uh, moves the chess pieces correctly at the deadline. Yes, the Astros, I agree. Because I mean, the Astros need offense. They need a bet. Uh, they they really honestly could use a starting rotation upgrade as well now that McCullers is out for the year. Uh, the Rangers are going to be looking at a starter. They may be looking at bullpen help, offense. I don't think they're going to have to worry about that too much at the trade deadline. Whichever team actually goes out and makes those moves is going to be the one that separates and pulls away. The Angels do not have the farm system to do that. Well, yeah, what are the Angels going to do at the deadline? They're going to not trade Otani. That's exactly. what they're going to do. They're going to not trade Otani. So. Yeah. And they don't have the farm system to add. So they're the Correct. one. So in this scenario, they're the one team that you could pretty well bank on not being able to make the moves that they need to make while they sit and watch Houston and Texas actually go out and make those moves because Houston and Texas has the farm system capability to make those moves. And they're also a lot smarter about the moves they do make. Also too. true. Yeah. That's I mean, if the Angels whatever the Angels do, it's don't anyone? Like, I, um, um. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nope. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk to you also about uh, Gunnar Henderson uh, because that he seems to be all the rage. Fine. He's got 10 home runs at the moment at, at, as we're recording this, right? He's another one of those, Samantha, that has a very low batting average, but he hits home runs. And it's becoming a disturbing trend in baseball where we get these young players that all they do is a swing from the cleats. Every swing is a home run swing, which leads to a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of walks because they're not given a time to actually work the count. So they're hitting for, for low averages. Their OPSs are down. Their on-base percentage is down. But they've got 10 home runs, so everyone's all about them. They're the rage. I've got a problem with that. Like, that's not baseball. That's really shitty baseball. Or am I just am I just the old guy yelling at the kids to get off my lawn? I no, I hate this. I hate it. Um, this guy would have been great like six years ago when we were mired in like probably the worst baseball we've ever seen in our lives because it was everything was three true outcome baseball. It was walk, strike out, home run, and that was it. And it was bad. It was a bad product. Like that's some of the worst baseball I've seen during that stretch. And so we've done some things. To perhaps combat that, I mean, some some of which I think is helpful, you know, shift restrictions and the pitch clock and so forth, and then some of it's not so helpful, you know, the weird introduction of, like, a deader ball and then also a liver ball at the same time so that, you know, basically ensuring that we'll never be able to gather any data from it because we introduced too many variables <laughs> just very close at the same time. Great job, Rob. Really, really stellar. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and then lied about it. And then we lied about it, right, because that's what we do if we're not we lie. So then we lied about it. <laughs> there are there aren't two baseballs. What are you talking about? There's not two baseballs. Two, like literally, people <laughs> chop them in half and looked at them. They don't look anything like pal. Um, but yeah, I hate this brand of baseball. Um, I think that there's. It's not that there isn't a role for like a guy like this. Like guys like this have always existed. Sure. And I always hate them. I always hate them. Like, I was never, like, a big Russell Brandon guy or a big, mm-hmm. like, Richie Sexton guy or whatever. Like, I'm fine with, you know, obviously, obviously, in exchange for power, you're going to lose some average. So, like, mm-hmm. 
you know, if you're going to hit 50 home runs and you hit 260, that's fine. I'm fine with that. That's okay. Like, sure. not everybody needs to be a 300 hitter. I would hope that you would have a team that is balanced of guys who hit for average and guys who hit for power. What I don't like are these guys who have, like, well, every 10 at-bats he hits a home run. The other nine he strikes out. Or 80 strikes out once he walks. I hate that. It's boring. What do we say? Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. That was directed at a pitcher, but I would like to direct it at a batter, too. Like, most specifically right here, Gunner. Like, sorry, dude. Like, I'm sure you're a nice kid. I got nothing against that. But, like, I hate this brand of baseball. Get the average up. Like, unless you're going to hit 70 home runs, I don't want to see this. And, by the way, if you hit 70 home runs and you hit 230, I'm going to you do safe. So. <laughs> well, okay. The thing is, though, like you make a good point that like these players have always been around. That is that is absolutely true. They have been around as long as baseball has been around. They've never been celebrated before, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the difference. Now we are now we are celebrating mediocrity. Oh, he hit it five hundred feet. Great. He struck out the the other three times he was at the plate. Can I get some parity here? Maybe use the field. I mean, yeah, like, I just, like, you can't ask me to get, like, really wound up about, like, exit velo and launch angle mm-hmm. in exchange for, like, doing nothing. And by the way, these guys are never positive contributors defensively either. No. It's not like, he, you know, he's out there, you know, playing a, you know, a mean defense and his average is kind of low, like, but he's, you know, great on the base path. It's like, no, no, all the guy does is go yard. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, I know I'm probably less interested in home runs than most people, but, like, I think, like, it, you're, I think you got it exactly right when you mentioned the fact that we're celebrating this. Like, there are so many fun and exciting young players out there right now, like rookies, too. Like, I mean, why would you want to watch this when you could watch Corbin Carroll, mm-hmm. when you could watch Ellie De La Cruz? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Heck, when you could watch, like, you know, Steer, any of those guys. There's so many guys out there who are rookies or or who are in their second or third, like, what? look right over, you know, he's got some teammates. Like, how about Adley Rushman? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. yes. Watch him. He's fun. Mm-hmm. He is fun to watch. Like, I just, like, yes, let's stop. It's fine that this guy exists, and there's a role for him on a roster, but, like, I don't want this to be a thing. I'm not excited about this well. Like, I mean, get off my lawn or whatever, you know, but, like, I, <laughs> I don't want that on my lawn. I don't want it on my lawn. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. And I, I'm really tired of, of having to tell people, like, that's not good. Well, he's got 10 home runs. He's hitting 230. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they, they, all of them have forgotten what the Mendoza line is because that's not that much better than the Mendoza line. Oh, yeah. Especially okay. at this point in the season. Also, you know how timely you would have to be? with those 10 home runs for that to actually matter more than if you were hitting say 270 (laughs) in terms of like what that would do for your team within the framework of a baseball season. (laughs) Like you, you know how exactly right you would have to get it with those home runs, like with the right number of people on base and the right circumstances and the right inning with the right score. Like, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's right up there with those guys that have, you know, they, they have 30 home runs, but 25 of them were solo. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, that's great that you hit 30 home runs, but you couldn't do it with more men on base. Yeah, he's got 30 home runs, but he's only he's only got 35 RBIs. Oh, 
That's not good. Well, and that's that's for a leadoff hitter. You know, that's for the guy who's hitting two ninety. You know, that's friggin' Grady Sizemore hitting two eighty and thirty home runs. That was great, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, all those solo home runs are wonderful if it's a person who always hits for average. But if you're this guy, man, like that, no, no, this is bad. This is bad. I don't like it. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, one more before we call it a week. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, D- David Freeze is back in the news, and I, oh man, this this is this this is one of those names I just hate to say. Uh, D- David Freeze is back in the news because apparently the Cardinals wanted to put David Freeze into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, which is on the surface just absolutely absurd. Like he had one good series. What? <laughs> Granted, it was the World Series. I'm not taking anything away from it. It was the World Series. It was one good series. Uh, World Series MVP, yes. Hall of Fame based off of one series, no. So, I got issues with the Cardinals <laughs> even trying to do this. But then you get David Freeze out here declining it, saying that he respects the red jacket too much to go. I mean, really laying it on thick, Samantha. Like, this is this is David Freeze, the martyr, apparently, uh, and he you know very publicly, very publicly declining this invitation and doing so in a way that says, "Hey, look at me, look at me." I don't know which one I'm more upset about—the fact that Cardinals try to do it or the fact that he's very. <laughs> <laughs> just self-righteous I, about it. I don't know which one is more irritating. I mean, I feel like most days, like, I hate you both. I hate you both. Like, but I'm way madder at him. I definitely am. Because, like, I think what breaks the tie for me is that a team Hall of Fame is ultimately for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a real Hall of Fame. It's very subjective. Sure. All teams handle it differently. Some teams don't put anybody into their Hall of Fame unless they're also in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Other teams are less picky about that. Some teams put guys who played, like, a year there into their Hall of Fame who had, like, a whole career with another team. Like, you know, that's all very subjective. And I, I think if you want to do that for your fans because this guy was, like, this hero, this one-time book. Sorry, we have to talk about this. Um, <laughs> that's okay. But, like, okay, Cardinals, (laughs) sure. But, like, then this bozo comes out, and it's, like, I really, really hate this, like, martyr, like, I'm not worthy stuff. Yeah. It's so gross to me. (laughs) Like, I mean, you could have sent a, what was that letter that E.B. White sent very famously, I think it was to... Hoover, I might be butchering this, that says, you know, I cannot be part of your, your committee. I must decline for secret reasons. Like, very famous. Like, do something like that. You right. know, but to come yeah. out here and, like, throw your... I mean, he threw himself on the fire, right? Like, this is, like, the ultimate martyr thing. I'm not worthy. I respect the jacket so much that I don't deserve this. Uh-huh. It's like, you could have just said, no, I don't think it's appropriate. And instead, you're doing this, like... It's clearly, it's like fishing for, wow, what a great guy. He respects the jacket so much that he turned it down because uh-huh. he doesn't think he's worthy of it. It's like, it has the same, you remember when Steve Young gave that interview? It was like way after he'd proven himself to be a good quarterback. But he told a reporter that he didn't cash his paychecks for like his first couple of years with the 49ers because he didn't feel he deserved them. And I was like, oh my God, I see. 
Like, <laughs> like this <what>? is so <laughs> performative and ridiculous. Like, shall we nail you to the cross? Like, I just, oh my God. See, uh, like, this is... This is where I become a smart ass, right? If if I'm mm-hmm. if, if I'm this reporter's like, well, uh, then how are you forwarding that car? Uh, how how are you paying? Huh. Are, are you paying your 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 mortgage with IOUs? Uh, did did the bank give you a loan and and it's based off of uh, when they think that you're going to grow up and cash your paycheck like a I don't know an adult. Well, and you know, it's like, yeah, that's like the ultimate first world problem, like, right? Because, yeah. like, you know, you know that guy had plenty of money, like, he wasn't living on the streets, you know, like, was he cashing the endorsement checks instead? Like, did his family help him? It's like, well, it must be nice to not need to cash your paychecks. Yeah, right. You know, I'm sure that offended a lot of people, too. Like, and this business with David Freese, it's like, you know, I just, like, you know, we need to have a birdcage moment. Right now, because I want to play that clip for him. Where? <laughs> Not that one. Well, that is funny every time. Um, so it's the only one I got. That's that's the cardinal <laughs> in this situation. Oh god, I pierced the toes. But like, I want to look at David Trace and be like, shouldn't you be carrying the crucifix? It is the prop for murders. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. Oh, okay. That's- that would have been better. That would have been better. Uh, Pierce Toast is all I have, though. I have the Cardinals right now. And and don't we think this is a distraction, too? Like, please stop paying attention to how much we suck this season and how, like, our entire team is just exploded. But, like, here, we give you David Freeze, and then David Freeze, like, Fs up their plan by being, like... I'm not worthy of I'm that not worthy jacket. Of that. I can't put that jacket on. It's too special for me. And I'm like, I want to slap you. I hate you. I actively hate you. Like, oh, this is so obnoxious. <laughs> just take your jacket and shut up, man. It's just... Put your jacket on and shut up. Exactly. Stand up there. Be grateful to the fan base that would like to see this, that's grateful to you. Little jerk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, now we're gonna have David Freeze fans coming for us. Uh, oh man! Are there David Freeze fans though? Like, are there, are there? Uh, not in Texas. No, <laughs> definitely not in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunate because all he did was do his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I please understand that no one here had a problem with David Freeze. Well, I mean, there's the Rangers thing, but like. I personally had no problem with David Freeze until now, and now I really have a problem with David Freeze. <laughs> so. And the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. Because this is like one of those, like, you're all idiots things. Oh, um, boy. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, <sighs> that's going to do it for us. <laughs> Don't forget, smash that like button, subscribe, retweet. Remember that lollygagging pod handle, you know, it's it's shy. It needs it needs some love to grow. So let's let us let us let us get some more followers on Twitter for lo- at lollygagging pod. Or you can just follow us and, and, and listen to the retweets. But give us a like, give us a review, subscribe to the show, help us with that algorithm. Until next week. Watch some baseball, it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs>